0: All right, Sermon on the Mount. Get out your Bibles, everybody. Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. We've been in the Sermon on the Mount for quite some time. We're still here in chapter 6. Again, it's Jesus' teaching. Jesus is really showing us how to be able to walk out serving Him, serving the Lord, walking with Christ in our daily life, in all of our situations. Today, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, if we remember this was from the Lord's Prayer, And forgive our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you your sins. Today we are focusing on the verse that calls us to forgive. To forgive. To forgive the people that sin against us. And there are so many principles in the Sermon on the Mount that are directly related to building relationships. Today is all about building relationships. And the problem is, is, if you read through the Sermon on the Mount casually, you won't see it. But that's why we've been taking so much time here in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, is to slow down and really digest and dissect what Jesus is saying. It is a core issue, forgiveness, when it comes to relationship. Relationships can't function without forgiveness. Amen? I think so many believers, I think so many believers that know Christ, not the world, not those that haven't chosen Christ as their Lord and Savior, but those in the church even have these little residues of bitterness in relationships that they've never gotten to the bottom of. And I want you to know I believe that that is related to forgiveness. And when we interact with people that cause us pain or trouble, when we interact with people that mistreat us, we have this negative emotion that comes in in our life. And you know what we typically like to do? We like to just retreat. We want to just get away. We want to go and hide from that relationship, not speak anything bad over them. We know from Scripture we don't need to speak anything bad, but we want to just go and get away from them. I'm just going to avoid them. I see them crossing the street on the other side of the road. I don't wave. I don't say hi. I just keep walking and say, oh, Lord, Jesus, help them not see me. Have you ever done that? Walking through the hall and you think, "Uh uh-oh, I think I'm going to walk this other way bless them, Lord, I'm going to go that way. You know, it's good. The Lord tells us to bless them. But that that is not a kingdom principle. What happens is it allows that bitterness to reside in your heart. That's no way to live. I hate bitterness. I hate unforgiveness. I hate having something against somebody. Because you know what happens? It eats me up. It doesn't eat them up. It eats me up. Well, God, what were you thinking? You would think that, God, when when someone does something wrong to me, you'd eat them up. Just bother them from now on until they decide to get it right. No, it eats me up. They've done something wrong to me. And what happens is if I don't deal with it, I get ate up with stuff. And it's not worth it. So how do we expose that little bit of bitterness that's in our life? How do we expose that? I believe one way that we expose it here in the scripture we've been learning for the last few weeks is if you start blessing your enemy, that residue, that bitterness can't stay there long. If I really commit my heart to blessing you and you've hurt me, but I start praying for you, you know what happens? That bitterness comes up and I deal with it. It can't stay, it has to go. That's the Lord trying to do a cleaning on you and not let you live a life of bitterness. Praise God. God loves me that much that he won't let me go. He'll never let me go. And, you know, the scripture, we can be talking about big enemies, but we're talking about the little enemies, the minor annoyances that people cause us. Jesus says, do them good. And while you're blessing them and and doing them good, this bitterness will come up to the surface. You may say, I don't want to bless them. The Lord says, you know that feeling down deep that you're feeling right now that you don't want to bless them? That's what I'm trying to deal with. I want to get your heart right. Learning to fully forgive. And guys, we're not talking about strangers. Now, we need to forgive strangers. Strangers. I had the other day, I went through Walmart, and we pay with cash. We do the Dave Ramsey thing, and I gave the lady my cash, and she said, she owed me back seven cents, or she owed me back eight cents, and she said, I don't have any pennies. Will you just take a nickel? I said, no. Why don't you give me 10 cents? (laughs) Why should I be the one to come up short? You come up short. Or give me my money. Well, it's only three cents. Exactly. Give me 10 cents. No, then my drawer will come up short. Exactly. If you don't give me my three cents, my drawer will come up short. Who here needs their three cents? I do. So we're going to stand here and let somebody run and get a roll of pennies. Now, I could get offended by that person. I walked away, and Pete goes, what just happened? So I said, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's all good. Now, she was upset with me by the end, but I wasn't ugly. I just want my money. Don't get personal with me. Just give me my money. But, you know, she and I could hold a unforgiveness there. I'm not going to. I forgive her in Jesus' name. Bless her. But it's, but it's the little small annoyances of people that we're around all the time. It's our husbands and wives. It's our kids. It's our parents. It's those people we work with. It's those people we have to look at. Those are the annoyances that Jesus is talking about here. And Jesus identified four principles that we have looked at already. That when we get troubled by someone, how do we deal with it? This is relationship building in general. But particular, relating it to people that trouble you. Anybody got anybody in their life that trouble you? Amen. Amen. These are close relationships. Okay, let's move on. It's all right. Now, remember, you got to forgive that stranger, but the close relationship, like our marriages, our family, our children, hey. (laughs) Yay. All right, what do we have to deal with? Number one, dealing with relationships. We have to deal with our anger. We have to deal with our anger. Scripture says, be angry, but don't sin. Don't allow your emotions to cause you to mess up. Get control of yourself. We have the fruits of the Spirit. One of those is self-control. I cannot throw a fit on the Walmart lady because of three cents. I still want my three cents. I'm going to stand there and I'm going to get my three cents, but I'm not going to lose my control. Amen? Don't lose your anger. Don't lose your anger. Second principle. We have to actively bless and do good to those who hurt us. I don't mean we set ourselves up to be hurt again. But what I do mean is is we don't allow that bitterness and unforgiveness to get attached to our heart. And how we get rid of that is we actively bless. You're going to see that if you will start to shower that person with blessing and with good, that person's going to turn. And your heart's going to turn. I'm going to show you in Scripture today. We act with blessing. We don't stay away from them. We don't run off, but we pray for them. We bless them. It says, bless those that put you down. Bless those that curse you. Have you ever thought of it that way? Bless those that curse you. Bless those that put you down. Can you think, can you put a face to someone who's putting you down? Bless them. Bless and not curse them. Number three, forgive. Everybody say forgive. You've got to forgive. You've got to say it. And let me tell you, forgiveness is not an emotion. It's a decision. If you wait for the emotional response, if you wait for yourself to feel like forgiving them, you won't do it. Don't wait. You're commanded to forgive. Forgive. Again, it's not saying it's okay what you did to me. It's saying I forgive because the Lord in heaven has forgiven me. And I'm not going to walk around carrying this bitterness against you because it will eat me up. And you know what? That's no kind of life to live. I'm going to release you from that. I'm going to give it to God. God, you deal with it. If it needs to be brought back up in their life, go ahead. But it's not my problem. It's your problem. I forgive them and I bless them. And then finally, Scripture tells us not to evaluate them in a wrong way. Don't judge. Everybody say, don't judge. Unless you want to be judged. Anybody like to be judged? Not me. I hate it. I don't like it. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Anybody heard that scripture before? Whatever measure you use. Did we learn it last week? Do you think God is a God that's watching what we're doing? What you sow, you're going to get. What you give, you're going to get. The measure you give, the measure you get back. The measure you judge, the measure you get back. Scripture tells me if I'll stop being judgmental of people, people will stop being judgmental of me. Okay. Ball's in my court. We have a part to play. I don't want to be judged. Matthew 7, 2 and 5, we see that here. Remove the plank from your eye. Get focused on you and not on them. All right. That's Matthew 7. We'll be getting into that in the next few weeks. All right. The encouragement. Now, Jesus says, ask and you will be given. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Therefore, whatever you want men to do to you, do also to them. My mom always said, my, my mama always said, <laughs> alligators are so honery because they got so many teeth and no toothbrush. <laughs> what did mama say? Mama said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's a good word. How do I want to be treated by others is the way that I should treat them. Amen. This encouragement to ask the Lord for help is in context of relational, solving relational conflicts. Most of Matthew 7 is solving relational conflicts. Again, we're going to look at it a little bit deeper. The natural way we retaliate to people that bother us is we avoid them. I've done that. We retaliate against them. I've done that. We use anger and sarcasm at them. Anybody do that? And why do we do it? Because we're trying to change them. That doesn't work. Like they do something wrong and we figure if we say it enough, if we're strong enough, if we're mad enough, maybe they'll change. Or maybe if we retaliate, it'll make them change. Or maybe if we'll avoid them, they'll change. Maybe the problem will go away. And Jesus is saying this is the natural way of doing things. This is the way of the world, and it doesn't work. Instead, it works just opposite of you. It, attacks, it attaches to your heart. And you get bound up, and you can't get free. And you wind up bitter at everybody. But the problem's not everybody. The problem's you. Jesus is saying deal with you. My problem, I want, the Lord is saying, I want you to do things my way and engage in these four principles. Deal with your anger, pursue reconciliation, pursue forgiveness, bless them, actively love them, and stop judging them. Everybody say amen. amen. So how do we walk out unforgiveness? Full forgiveness is so much more than just not thinking negative thoughts about somebody. That's not forgiveness. Full forgiveness. Full forgiveness is releasing them of that debt and actively loving them and blessing them and speaking well over them. When when that anger is not in your heart anymore, when you've forgiven them so much that finally that residue is gone, then they're forgiven. Then you're free. And you know what? A relationship can be injured at so many different levels. We can be slightly wounded to deeply broken. Today what we're talking about is the slight wound, not the relationship that is so broken that you never interact with them again. We have those relationships. I know that we do. But the ones that we're talking about are the ones that are slightly injured. You haven't gone so far that the relationship is over. We have those, don't we? Not the ones that are so broken. That's a crisis. Most people have a couple relationships in their life that people are slightly wounded, and maybe a little bit more with that. What I mean is they have a closed spirit towards you, and you have a closed spirit toward them. Maybe it's just you. Maybe it's just them. Maybe it's both of you. Maybe they're guarded. Maybe they're not willing to share. Maybe their trust has been injured. Or maybe they're resisting touch. You know, I can tell when my wife is upset with me by when I touch her. Maybe you've got a 12 year old child that when you go up and put your arms around them, they jump, they're not comfortable. A trust factor has been broken. I'm not saying that anything inappropriate physically has happened. I'm just saying there is something there that is between you. You need to recognize it. Jesus is showing us how to work through. How to work through many marriages. So many marriages. One spouse touches the other and their reaction is stiff. Guarding their heart. Trust level has gone down. Church, I want to tell you, when that happens, it's time to be proactive. Jesus says, if you bring your gift to the altar and you've got something wrong with your friend, you need to get that relationship right. Don't wait. Don't wait. It's important to get your gift. It's important to get your seed in the ground. But Jesus is saying, trump that with the relationship. Go get relationship right, then bring your gift. You know what that means? That means do it now. Don't wait. If you wait have you ever thought, I'll just sleep on it? What happens is you just bury it for it to come back later. Now, so many times with me and my wife, if I sleep on it, I get, I get up feeling better the next day. But that seed's still there. And I'm sorry, it will come up. I just hope it comes up at the right time when I can handle myself and not when I can't. The problem is it comes up when I can't. Satan knows when you're weak. He knows when to hit. So why not go ahead and deal with it now? Now listen, I act like I got it all together. I don't. I don't. I, 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 I am with you uh, men. I am like that guy up there that was during the love and respect. She starts opening up to talk and I am, ru- I am racing to try to keep up. I can't keep up with her brain. She's got a left and a right brain and a few other brains going on in the head. And then I have to think back, what was, what, I got to listen, I got to listen, stay focused, stay focused. What was the point, what was the point, what was the point? Okay, I got it, and Ben Crace has taught me, hold up my finger, that's point one, okay, I'm looking at that, I'm focusing on point one. Don't forget, don't forget, uh-oh, she just made a second point, okay, second, hang on, hang on, it's going to stop. She is eventually going to run out of air, hang on. <laughs> but it's important that she knows I'm listening. I can't just, I, just, I can't just do this. I have to respond. Okay, that's DEFCON 1. That's the worst one. Okay, are y'all with me? We've got to listen. We've got to move. We've got to move quickly. And as the relationship starts to drift apart, go grab hold of it and pull it back in. Pull it back in. Proverbs 18, 19. Let me get going kind of fast here. I want to finish. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. Do you get that? He's talking about a familiar relationship, a brother, not a random stranger, a marriage, a brother or sister, a close relationship, a parent or child. When they get offended, they double up. You've got to double up your effort to win them back. You know one of the hardest things to win back is trust. It's hard. It takes effort. It takes work. You've got to work at it to win your wife's trust back. To win your brothers' trust back, to win your friends' trust back. And you can't just say something and it be okay. You've got to hang in there and work through it. Once they're offended, it escalates and it gets worse as time goes on. And I want you to know time doesn't heal these, they have to be addressed. And you know, can I encourage you get them when they're small, not when they're a crisis? Get them when they're small. Get them when they're small. Scripture says that a brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. One translation says a fortified city, meaning there's walls up around it, and it's hard to capture that city. It takes energy and time. You know the most common way relationships are injured are by speech. The most tragic abuse is physical abuse, but the most common way that relational uh, uh, relationships are, are injured or by our speech. And, you know, of the 7 billion people on this planet, I think every one of us has encountered this somewhere. We've either hurt someone by our speech or someone has hurt us. Slight wounds to big wounds. Proverbs fifteen four says, A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. If there's perversion in our speech, it not only breaks the spirit of the person that we have that negative speech toward, but it breaks the relationship. It doesn't just break the person, it breaks the relationship. But a wholesome tongue brings life. Your tongue brings life. Your wholesome tongue, it inspires, it brings courage, and it gives life to relationship. Proverbs 18:21 says that death and life are in the power of the tongue meaning our words. Anyone can use words to bring life to another person and another relationship. If we speak words of death, then death will continue to happen in that relationship. Now when we saw a minute ago perversion of speech, not talking about sexual perversion, talking about negative, critical accusatory, negative, critical, accusatory. How many of you do that? You know the way that I do it? Sarcasm. And I think it's funny. I find it funny. Not even realizing how I'm hurting. We somehow justify our words through sarcasm. I didn't really mean it. You took that the right way, right? They're saying yes on the outside, but on the inside, their hearts, they're saying no. That hurt. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Ephesians 4.29, catch this. We're going to stop with this verse. I'm not quite done, but this is kind of the key today. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace. To the the hearer. Paul said, You know what this is saying? Determine this in your heart. Make a decision that no corrupt word comes out of your mouth. Now, I want to encourage you, it almost feels like we can't say anything critical. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that if something's wrong, we can't identify it and help get through it. Nowhere in Scripture, The difference is when we deal with something critically, are we doing it in a corrupt way or in a healing way? You know, people have come and sat at my desk and brought critical words that were corrupt. And let me just say, I have done it too. Amen, that was was the church right there. Good job. That was an encouragement. That was not sarcasm. That was an encouragement. It may have sounded like sarcasm, but it wasn't sarcasm. I didn't mean it sarcastically. I meant it truthfully. Someone sneezed, bless you. Thank you. Amen. I feel a little bit better about myself. And then the pastor pointed it out, and I don't feel so good anymore. (laughs) Think about your relationship to your wife and your husband. Because there are things that you have to deal with. Let me tell you, we cannot ignore problems. Which means we have to have a critical time. We have to have time to sit down and be critical. Do we not? Or can we just let things go? No, we have to deal with it. But is my speech here to heal or here to damage? Even though my heart means to heal... Sometimes my flesh comes out damaging. Do you hear me? We have so trained and watched TV and listened to our parents and listened to those around us that even though we mean well, we say it in a corruptive way. What Jesus is saying is, we've got to get your heart right, and then it's got to come out of your mouth. Let's forgive people. Let's get free. Let's make sure that when Elizabeth and I have to sit down and talk about critical things, we don't have bitterness for each other. If we do, that's going to be filtered through what I say. And I'm going to say negative things toward her. And really, my heart, I love her. She loves me. We love each other. But I am hung up because I'm bitter. We're not talking about that bitterness, but my filter. I've got a bitter filter it's going through. Man, are, are, are y'all here? Jesus is saying, let's get rid of the bitterness. Now when we talk, let no corrupt word come out, but make sure it's a word that edifies, that it builds, that it heals. It's not saying we can't talk critically. Sometimes we have to. It's saying that when we do, we watch what we're saying and we build the relationship, not tear it down. There have been so many times that I've had with guys and and people in my life that I've had to speak critically. Sometimes I handled it building them back up. It hurts. I'm not saying it doesn't hurt. Sometimes even a good critical word that's said in the right way still hurts. I don't like people being critical with me, whether they're right or wrong. I just don't like it. Nobody likes somebody being critical. I don't like being told I'm doing something wrong. But if someone does it in the right way, you know what they're doing? They're helping me. And they're building trust, and they're getting, they're, they're getting me in a position where I can hear truth. The problem is we're, we're, we, we get so critical with our spouses that we don't listen to anything anymore. We've shut down. Jesus is saying the relationship is broken, and the problem is bitterness and unforgiveness. Get the bitterness and unforgiveness right, then we've got to start listening to what's coming out of our mouth. Am, am I going too fast? Can you hear that Jesus is just trying to say, we've got to forgive. And then Paul is telling us, don't let a corrupt word come out. It can still be critical. It can still be critical. But you need to make sure that it edifies the relationship. Look at this. I'll close with this one. Proverbs 15. Did it change? Proverbs 15. A soft answer turns away wrath. But a harsh word. Stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. A wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. Do you see how important your words are over your children? How important your words are over your spouse, over your co-workers. You you will speak life or death. There are times that I give an encouraging word just to build someone up. There are times that I give critical words. But I want you to know those critical words should be to build them up. Not to tear them down. Satan tears down. God builds up. Satan tears down. God builds up. Fathers, I want to honor you today. I want to encourage you. Let no corrupt word come out of your mouth. You start building your household on what God says, on what his word is. And I'm telling you, we're going to start having some victory. If you're carrying bitterness, stand up with me. Let's just do this. If you're carrying bitterness or unforgiveness, we need to get that out. If y'all will, just bow your heads with me, and I just want to ask you, just real quickly, we have just had such a great week of VBS, and we had a handful of kids give their hearts to the Lord for the very first time. I want you to know that there is a better way than the life that you're living, trying to hold everything together on your own, trying to do everything right, trying to not make any mistakes walking around hurt by people, hurting people. I want you to know that Jesus Christ came to this earth. He died on a cross for you. He gave everything for you. Christ alone is our cornerstone. Would you consider this morning giving your heart to Christ. Just saying right where you sit, I give my heart to you, Jesus. I've tried it my whole life, and I can't do it. I want you to know you can't do it. No one can. But it says that all that call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And you know what else it says? It says that all have fallen short. Everybody is messed up. But if you will confess that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, you will be saved. Would you do that today right where you sit? Just say, Lord Jesus, forgive me. I'm a sinner. And Lord, the pastor speaking right to my heart this morning. I want you to know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And I want you to know that God is a God of mercy and grace. He's not a God who condemns and makes you feel guilty, but He's a God who forgives you and begins to build you back up. Would you give your heart to Him this morning? I just encourage you right now to put a face to those people that you have a little bit of bitterness toward, a little bit of unforgiveness toward. And, church, we all have it. Don't sit there and think, well, that's not me. Apply yourself to the Sermon on the Mount right now. Maybe you'd say, Pastor, I can't think of anyone. Just say, okay, Holy Spirit, show me. Do I have anyone? If you show me, I'm going to forgive them. But I know you've got a face right now to someone. Let's forgive them. Would you do that? Would you just say out of your mouth, I forgive? Let's say it together. Let's say, I forgive. One, two, three. I forgive. And Lord, I bless that person. I ask you to bless that person. Bless that person, Lord, and I just release them of what they've done to me. Lord, you know what they did to me. Lord, it still hurts. I'm still hurt from it. There's still a wound there. But, Lord, right now, I just release that. And I ask you to clear that residue of bitterness into my heart. And I turn my heart to bless them. But, Lord, right now, we just turn to you and we ask you, Father, to help us to not let a, any corrupt word come out of our mouth. Let us be people that build our spouses up, not tear them down, that build our children up, not tear them down, that build relationships up, not tear them down, that we speak life and that we don't speak death, that we speak wholesomeness and not uh, perverseness. Change our heart, Lord. Change our heart, Lord. We commit this morning, Lord, to turn our hearts to you. You may be here this morning and just need prayer for your health. You need prayer for your body. You need prayer for your finances. You need prayer for your job. You just need prayer. We want to just open this altar right now to you. Maybe you gave your heart to Jesus for the very first time and you want to pray with someone. This altar is for you. We just open this up right now to you. Those that are ministering with me, come on down. As Ms. Tammy leads us in worship, I just encourage you, give your heart to the Lord. Give your heart to the Lord.